morning, good afternoon, good evening, good whatever it is, wherever you are today. I'm Ali Amagasu, and you're listening to the latest episode of Cloud Unfiltered. I am here with my co-host, Pete, as usual. Hey, Pete, how are you doing? Hey, Ali, it's going well. There's, there's an ice storm outside. I'm sure you're, you're dealing with the exact same thing in Southern California right now, but, you know, carry on. <laughs> I won't turn my laptop around to show you how beautiful and sunny and cloudless it is. Not if you want me to continue to co-host you all. <laughs> That's right. I do appreciate it. It's nice to spend some time with you today, Pete. And the other gentleman who's uh, spending time with us today is Arpit Joshapura. He's the general manager for networking, orchestration, and edge slash IoT at the Linux Foundation. Welcome, Arpit. Well, thank you. Happy to be here. Thank you so much. Uh, the reason I asked you to be on the show is back in late January, I got a, an email from the Linux Foundation announcing something called LF Edge. And I was immediately intrigued. Um, I thought, this sounds like a new foundation. Why do we need a new foundation for edge technologies? Maybe I'm misunderstanding if it's only for edge technologies, but that sounds like what it's for. So uh, I had questions around that, and I really appreciate you coming on to, to answer some of those. Sure. So, so my very first question is, what, what drove uh, the foundation to establish LF Edge? There were three primary reasons that we looked at creating uh, what we call an umbrella of edge projects. The most important reason was edge itself is ill-defined in terms of the scope. Where does it start? Where does it stop? So that's kind of the first thing. You know, How do you define it? Where do you draw the boundaries? Uh, even if you identify the boundaries, there are tons of projects specifically open source projects that exist today. And the market is extremely fragmented. That was the second driver. And then the third one was, um, if you need a solution today, you have these vertical silos uh, from an industry perspective that are trying to solve this. You have you know, many flavors of a cloud-based solution, right? Led by public cloud players. You have many flavors of an enterprise edge solution led by several enterprises. You have uh, solutions for the edge starting with an IoT perspective. And then of course, the last but not the least, you have the telecom or the telco carriers, whatever you want to call it, also playing a role in the edge. So our goal at the LF or the Linux Foundation was to create a unified open source framework and entity that can bring these market verticals and projects together and create common plumbing and common APIs so that you can have those proliferation of edge apps that we are all dreaming about. Interesting, interesting. Now I know there are a bunch of you know, anchor projects that you're starting off with. Were these anchor projects previously just, where, where were they falling? Were they under CNCF or just the Linux Foundation or? So three of them were under the Linux Foundation, uh, but they were run as a separate project. So uh, if you may, the first one being EdgeX Foundry, which was a IoT framework for the edge. Uh, that is you know, almost two plus years uh, of work that has been done on that. Um, you know, tremendous project. Uh, again, focusing on the framework. Uh, there was another project called Acreno Edge Stack, uh, which is about a year old. Uh, again, primarily focused on two use cases, a telecom use case and an enterprise use case for the edge, uh, but with sophisticated blueprints that kind of 
test end-to-end systems. Uh, and then the third project under the LF was something called um, Edge Glossary. Uh, to my earlier point, right, if we cannot agree on a common language, and I'm not talking, you know, uh, Yang and Tosca models, <laughs> I'm just talking simple, you know, yeah, uh, definition of what is an edge and the terms. Terminology, right? Yeah, just terminology. So, you know, there was a project like a Wikipedia style open edge glossary project that was already part of the Linux Foundation. So we took those three projects, put it as as anchor projects under the LF edge, and added two new more two more new projects. Uh, one uh, dedicated to home edge, uh, where you know a lot of the home devices as well as services and applications need edge uh, compute. And another one uh, focused on on-prem edge, which is really the software and the edge virtualization engine that comes with uh, uh, IIoT and factory-based devices and equipment. So those five made up the Anchor projects. And, and so it's a combination of existing plus new. Um, and, and we have a great pipeline of projects that, um, that are wanting to get on uh, and, and harmonize as well. That's what my next question was going to be is, is, is the goal to grow the number of projects you have in there? Or is it simply, or is that, is growth not necessarily important? It's simply, you're going to deal with, you know, projects organically as they come along and if they meet your criteria. Uh, it's, it's mostly a uh, very selective uh, criteria, but more importantly, there's a process on project induction that Linux Foundation has, pro uh, has followed for quite some time. Uh, LF Edge is a welcoming community and an open community, right? So we will always be on the lookout for projects that add value to the scope. And again, I'm going to draw the line where um, the, the the start of the edge is again not the hardware and not the um, connectivity. So you know we're not talking Zigbee and Bluetooth and Wi-Fi and those kind of things. Um, and it is not centralized data center, right? Data centers that are hundreds of kilometers away that is serving an IoT application is not an edge app, right? Uh, the definition that the, the community is kind of uh, zooming in on is, is, is mostly around if there's an application or an IoT device that requires latency response that is in the 5 to 20 milliseconds of range where an app survives, right? Uh, so they could be connected cars to AR, VR, to 360 videos, to healthcare, uh, to several IOTs, et cetera, where you actually benefit from bringing compute and storage close to the application as possible, starting with the central offices or smart COs, as we call it, or edge cloud, many terminologies again, um, all the way to on-prem gateways and you know software that goes inside the hardware on, on the device itself. So that's the scope of, of projects that we will be on the lookout for. Um, it doesn't, it, it's not going to be like any project can come in, right? Right. So do you have uh, a strict list of criteria? Uh, yeah. So we are looking at it from um, a vertical perspective uh, where, um, you know, the verticals that are predominantly benefiting from the edge application and the edge uh, proliferation of edge uh, compute and storage, uh, starting with the industrial, obviously industrial and, and manufacturing sectors, uh, the oil and gas sector, commerce, retail, um, uh, then transportation fleet, 
uh, telecom obviously is is a big one, and and it's associated apps, uh, especially as as um, you know technologies come together. Um, we're looking at uh, smart cities. There's there are projects that are uh, looking at it from an agriculture perspective, uh, etc. So vertical is one dimension where criteria is important. Uh, the other dimension is uh, you know does it does it simplify the ability to uh, do lifecycle management? Let's ask a very simple question, right? What the diff these open source projects thrive when the software that goes in it is not terribly differentiated, right? You know, I hate to call it the plumbing, but that's what it is, right? Which is how do you start, stop, load, boot, reboot, upgrade? log right how do you transfer data that comes at it from you know an arm intel qualcomm how do you driver you know make it abstracted i mean things like that how do you connect to a multi uh, cloud environment right what apis do you expose to the apps these are these are things that the project aims to solve uh, because we don't want every application or every device or every cloud to reinvent the same plumbing and that's kind of the, the the high level notion i'm going back to you know why but you know just a little bit down that's that's kind of the intention that's okay that's helpful pete as i listen to uh, arpit's answers about uh, first off the why of the project and also yeah. um things yeah. like the definition of edge i imagine you have questions yeah or at so, the very least comments so well, a couple of things I wanted to ask about there in terms of what the, the group's opinion is about some of these things now, right? So you have you have kind of classic IoT where you have all these devices generating data and then ultimately sending that data today primarily to some data center somewhere. Mm -hmm. And then you kind of have the notion of, and, and you guys even have this in your diagram that's on the announcement, you have this notion of that there's something closer to where the data is being generated that is is filtering that data or taking actions on that data in some way. And, and in Cisco product nomenclature, that's kind of what Kinesis does. Um, so then there's the kind of the notion of, okay, something in that ecosystem, whether it's a device or whether it's that filtering and store and forward mechanism, makes a decision that, okay, I need some compute to go make a decision on something. And, and then there's the okay, how do I discover what my choices are to go send something out to go run some piece of compute? Um, I, I always kind of think in that scenario, it's the discovery part that's difficult, given that you're now not in a central data center, you know, that has has certain, like you, you don't have trees falling on compute units in data centers the way you do, like if you're trying to choose like a cell phone tower or or something like that. I guess so. In my perspective, the hard part of that is discovery. Am I wrong about that, or what do you think is the most difficult part of that whole scenario that I just laid out? I think that this, the most difficult part. So discovery is absolutely important um, because most of the times the device may not even be connected, right? And, right. And 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 so yes, I agree with that. Um, I think if you step back a little bit uh, and look at the end-to-end -end services that an application is going to drive and mm -hmm. the value that is going to create so you know if if let's say an AT&T or a, or a Verizon is going to sell an IoT service or sell an edge app service there's some SLAs that come with it 
And 99% of those apps slash devices cannot have any manual touch, right? Because right. these are not cell phone registrations where you can actually go to a store and say, you know, I'm good, you know, and I can wait and, you know, and then I'll be there for a year. These could be on the network, off the network in, you know, 10 milliseconds. It would kind of do things in a very different way, right? So yeah. the yeah. most the most important thing that we are doing is is kind of the zero touch um, where you know can i get through the front end of even before the device discovery and, and orchestration and like can i get a zero touch provisioning uh and the front end of that app as well as uh, the device uh, standardized and that is through either apis or that's through code that is uh, starting from the cloud into an edge into a device lightweight you know kubernetes light you know not not even like a, a micro container type things right so it's it's a very lightweight version of of software right given the memory mm -hmm. limitations and things like that's the first step the second step is um, once they are active and once they have the life cycle going um, what is the use case that they are uh, looking at and then the most complex problem is you know again i will always say discovery will always come up orchestration will always come up um you know plugging in and apis will always come up so those are classic problems but if you look at the architectural problems uh the the what the community is solving is really around uh the uh, specificity of a blueprint and what i mean by that is Every environment in every vertical today is different. Right. The the the, um, the use of a sensor or a thermostat or a car or a phone is completely different, and we know that. But can we abstract the devices and the apps in such a way that lifecycle management, data storage, discovery, orchestration, logging, booting, things like that? Uh, are the same, right? Does it matter if you are serving, you know, a sensor or a thermostat? Does it matter if you are in the industrial zone or in the, uh, um, you know, uh, utility oil and gas or in a retail setup, right? What is different is how much connectivity you have, how much storage compute you have, and what's your workload slash uh, app that's running on it. Right. So so that's the intent and that's the complex part. Right. Is how do you narrow it down to the blueprints that that can be that that are the most widely used, most successful blueprints in in each of these verticals. So what are the lifecycle phases that these these devices that are generating the data would go through? And then based on those life cycles, which ones what, are you to the point where you're creating classes of device? devices like you just yeah. use you know phones and but presumably what you would do is you know once you've defined the phases you're going to find classes of devices that use those phases in similar ways and be able to abstract on top of that no actually what the team is doing is it's a layer of abstraction that is making the projects and this is you know edgex foundry is leading that and 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 what that is doing is uh the lower layers of software is making it hardware independent, mm -hmm. silicon independent, uh, connectivity independent, uh, OS independent, all right, 
and even language independent. So an app could be written in any language, you know, Python, Java, Go, you know, it doesn't matter. All of those are um, abstracted out, right? So so that the the code that glues everything together does not need to know about the specificity, right? Okay. The, the blueprints come at it from an Acrano EdStack perspective, uh, where there are about 19 blueprints that have been approved uh, by the technical community so far. And those blueprints really say, if you are in a factory, right, that, that wants to do these things, then here is a proposed blueprint, which means here's kind of the, the two or three hardware setups, here's the software, here's the stack, here's how you stitch it together here, and it comes you know, tested as a reference solution. Okay, so, so are these are the blueprints yeah. primarily reference architectures then? Reference components? Architecture, arch, reference implementations and solutions, right? That, okay. that come in tested, yes. So factory is one example of blueprint. What are, what are a couple of other examples? Factory, factory, remote edge, um, you know, site routers, uh, routers below base stations that go into it, uh, smart cities, uh, 5G, uh, there's the, there's blueprints on the RAN. Um, so as 5G comes in, can you put an, enough of a blueprint below a stack, uh, below a base station? And do the, uh, do the blueprints overlap? Because it would seem to me that smart city and factory might overlap with 5G. Uh, they could, they could overlap, but uh, a blueprint is self, uh, self-sustaining. Okay, so there might be some overlap, but in general, you know, uh, when you when you look at blueprints, they there is a very, uh, very uh, detailed uh, community document that defines what a blueprint is. Exit entry criteria. You could find it on, you know, Acrano, uh, lfh.org, Wiki Acrano. And okay. you should be so it has all the criteria on what a blueprint is, what are the exit entry criteria, what constitutes it, and you know how do you submit it. So uh, and maybe the, overlap was the wrong word. Do they do they stack on top of one another? In, in uh, you way? can you can use more than one for sure, right? And well, but I, but I, but what I mean by that is so so five G I tend to think of as that's a networking construct and having having devices in either a smart city or a factory might build on top of that 5G correct, contract. Correct. So and, that's what and, I'm saying. So do they, do they stack in that way? That is possible. That is, that is In that example, yes. Okay. In, in the 5G example, yes. So anytime there is an intersection of the telecom, the cloud, and the um, enterprise markets, right? 5G being a classic example, right? Where one is serving, the other one is getting serviced. Um, Yes, you can actually use a couple of blueprints to sort of talk to each other. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, now, like in terms of like membership and who's contributing and how many contributors, um, w w what's that look like in terms of who all is involved with this and what's the what's kind of the the, the scope in terms of headcount on this right now? Uh, yeah. So, like any other project, uh, you know, as as you know, this is a ongoing TSC and a community for three at least three of the projects. Um, at launch, we we announced with 60 founding members um, and uh, almost 28 premiers who are part of the governing board. Okay. Um, the the most interesting dynamics that we have seen so far is that it is a cross section of uh, end users and vendors 
and um, and and it's a cross section between uh, cloud telecom and enterprises. So and IoT. So give me give you an example, right? So you got players like um, AT and T, NTT, etc. Sort of uh, from a telecom perspective, contributing the Telco Edge and those blueprints, right? Leading the Acrino uh, project as well. Then you have the cloud players like say Baidu and Tencent, uh, who are part of it, and you know uh, they uh, they bring to it bring the cloud perspective and the cloud API and the and the unified. Uh, connectivity, sort of uh, visibility across clouds, right? The multi-cloud aspect. So that's them. Then you have the um, IoT players and the classic enterprise, like in terms of uh, Dynamic or OSI Soft and things like that. Uh, you have your uh, uh, app developers like Mobile EdgeX. You have um, obviously system vendors, the usuals, uh, and and then you have the pretty much the entire. I wouldn't say entire, but you have the the main three hardware uh, uh, ecosystems. So ARM, Intel, and Qualcomm. All three of them are collaborating, and that's the beauty of open source, right? This is, you know, this is independent of what each of them bring. They are all coming together, uh, you know, to create this shared technology, and then they will each build on that and innovate and differentiate on top. Okay. So that's kind of the high level view. Um, uh, you know, in terms of developers and in terms of the community itself, uh, every member, right, is 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 every day adding resources. So if you look at the the TSEs and the lists of TSEs, it's growing. Uh, we're probably in the hundreds now, in terms okay. of actual developers contributing here. Now, I couldn't help but notice in your in, when you mentioned cloud providers, you didn't mention the big three there. And I, I want to read back to you my favorite sentence from your announcement, which is the current edge market is heavily fragmented with multiple proprietary stacks for each public cloud. Correct. So we're, are you are you getting contributions from AWS, Microsoft, and Google, or do you see that do you see some friction there in, in trying to get this going with the larger community if they're not participating? <laughs> Uh, so I would say we're getting a good collaboration. So here's 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 where it stands today. So today, if I'm an IoT app or an Edge app, and I want to use the public cloud, then I have to be either in the you know AWS ecosystem or the Azure ecosystem, sure. right? Right. Both uh, the software that goes in the device on the microcontroller, as well as the gateway, and obviously the cloud, right? Um, and then if I am a global enterprise that is running that factory and one of my factories happens to be in china right or or anywhere else i don't have visibility across these right because you know it's just yeah. right so one of the big things that uh, lf edge will do is provide that layer of virtualization engine on the iot layers right and then edgex foundry has the mechanism to connect it to the, the various clouds so now your apis can get standardized as well as you can get that visibility across so uh, tencent and baidu have uh, and and if you just look at what has just happened right the amazon and microsoft, uh, microsoft were ahead on the game we all know that uh, baidu just launched their open edge initiative uh, if you're familiar with that, uh, at CES uh, earlier in 2019. Okay. But they just decided that, you know, they will join LF Edge and they will contribute that so that you can move the market much better and much more in a unified manner, right? So Tencent and Baidu are here. 
we have been talking to the cloud players that you named and the specificity of APIs uh, and, and the contribution to get that visibility is, is a motivating factor for all of them. Okay. Um, so Ali, I got one more and then I'll, 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 I know you've got some other stuff that you want to ask as well. What about Brownfield? So, right, we've got all these devices that are out there now that are generating this data today. And certainly there's going to, you know, there's going to be some point, whether it's five years or 10 years, that there's going to be more devices deployed in some future span than we have today. But we, we are, well, obviously we have a lot today as well. So as, as part of kind of your design attitude towards this, are you trying to, to do this in a completely greenfield manner where you're not concerned about the current uh, the current uh, device ecosystem, or how are you potentially wedging the current device ecosystem into what you're planning? Yeah, so as I said, LF Edge is device independent, hardware independent, OS independent, right? So the abstractions and the drivers that are required for current or future devices are all included in that layer of software that sits right above the hardware, right? And so every you know, brownfield application or device that wants to participate and be part of this open system, mm -hmm. they can plug in, have their drivers, and 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 then you take advantage of this uh, open source software. So absolutely, you know, <laughs> this is not this is not like a new product, right? That we are all used to, where uh, you know it it works either in a brownfield or greenfield. It is built with an uh, a migration uh, in place where existing deployments and and this is primarily because you know the focus of lf edge is not on the devices themselves it's not on the hardware it is not on the connectivity right all these radios right 10 to 15 different types you can come inside a gateway any way you want right low power high power wi-fi bluetooth zigbee you, you name it and those things are abstracted out so yeah i mean it's 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 mostly focusing on the one layer above the device. Okay. Yeah. I love a good abstraction layer. Hey, um, I do have a question I've been waiting to ask. You know, if, if I'm listening to this and I'm not a telecom, I'm not a major cloud provider, I don't produce IoT devices, I'm just a, someone from a regular enterprise, you know, I'm an IT leader at a regular enterprise. H how relevant is LF Edge to me? Should I be paying attention to it? Should I have someone on my team aware at least keeping tabs, if not participating? Or is Absolutely. it not really something relevant to me yet? Absolutely. So just like an enterprise IT CIO in the last five years, 10 years of, of kind of what we have been calling digital transformation is, is modernizing uh, not just the processes, but all the IT apps and trying to do like a hybrid cloud approach. In these selected verticals that I talked about, uh, the IT and the operation staff need to really focus on uh, what solutions exist in the next one to three years, right? They have loosely been kind of aware that 5G, the, and, and, and I, I sum it up very, very simply, like there are five converging technologies that is making edge so uh, interesting. The first one is obviously 5G, very low latency, very high bandwidth, at a very low cost, right? Brings up a whole new market of you know cars and all that. So automotive guys are really excited about that, right? We have consortiums like ACC 
joining LF Edge, right? From a automotive edge computing perspective, right? So things, so so we'll 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 keep that in perspective. The second technology is microservices, right? So now apps that they are writing that are meant to be at the edge, right? With Kubernetes or with lightweight containers, extremely important. And that technology and that process, you know, CI CD DevOps process is quite mature, right? To to utilize, right? So that's the second one. Uh, the third one is 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 what I call hardware uh, acceleration. So GPU, TPU, NPU, memory, compute, all of the hardware has really, really um, come a long way uh, for these kind of applications. Uh, the fourth one is analytics and AI. And you know I don't want to use it loosely, but you know you can appreciate that when you can make local decisions on predictive maintenance of a device or a machinery, right? Based on algorithms, right? Whether it's done at the gateway inside a microcontroller or in the cloud, right? Saying, hey, that device might fail, send a technician, right? That is a very powerful edge capability. And then the last missing piece was really the on-demand NFV or end-demand uh, network function virtualization or really the edge cloud, which is what the telcos are bringing. They have an advantage of location latency and mobility let's face it they are closest to the end user and the end app and they make the fifth part of the puzzle and that's why you know you have this at your disposal and from an enterprise perspective i have to pay attention because i can change the way i do my uh, uh, services and i can change the way i run my operations right given a new set of technologies and services i can buy great answer so there you go, listeners, whether it's immediately evident or not that edge is a part of your life, it is. And uh, there are opportunities for those who are willing to stay on top of it and move further in their digital transformation journey. Uh, now, Arpit, before we let you go, I want to first off ask, is there anything you wanted to tell us about LF Edge that we didn't ask? And then I'm going to ask you how you got into tech. I think you covered Edge quite comprehensively, so I'll, I'll leave it at that. Well, really, you did the covering. We just sat back and listened, but thank you. Questions were good. Questions and, were good. Uh, and, thank you. And so how did you get into tech then? Well, um, take a guess. It's the usual journey, right? The engineer by, uh, by training, starting from assembly into software, hardware. Um, and then I always believed, you know, engineers who can do system architectures become architects. Uh, architects who can speak become managers, and managers who can think further on become executives. And that's kind of where I am 30 years <laughs> into, into this and you know been, been in this industry for quite some time, um, just doing you know telecom, IT, enterprise, startups, you know, paid my fair share of startups and you know the usual, Silicon Valley life, I would say. <laughs> well, thank you for sharing that. I, I appreciate it. You know, before we let you go, I do uh, suspect there will be people who will listen and say, hey, how do I get involved? Uh, what URL should they go to? LFH.org. LFH.org. And there's a form there at the bottom. More information. Perfect. Perfect. Well, thank you so much for spending time with us today. This uh, It's been a pleasure. Thank Pete, you. It's always nice to talk to you. Yeah, thanks. <laughs> We'll see you next time. See you. Thank you. All right. See you. Bye-bye, everybody.